But I went to the army office first. They offered me $20,000 just to enlist. So then I go to the Marines office because they will accept me with a GD. And they said, what you get out of this is a brotherhood. I said, well, fuck that. I'm going to get my 20 Gs. Hey, and thanks for coming back to Please Don't Tell Anyone. I'm Molly Clark, your host, and this is the podcast where you hear unexpected stories by ordinary people. I go in blind to all my interviews, only going off of the submission that was written in by the guests so that I can hear the story firsthand, just like you. Episode 7, guys, we're here. It's our final episode ever. I'm kidding, it's not, obviously. I'm just getting started in this pod. It's about to blow up. Um, No, but seriously, I wanted to welcome all my new listeners We did pretty well on TikTok last episode, and so if you're here from TikTok, I want to say, hey, what's up? Thank you for coming, and I hope you stick around because we have some really interesting stories coming at you, including today's episode. Also, I'm not sure I have this many places, but I, I am always looking for new guests, new people with secrets and stories, and if you are one of those people or you know one of those people, please email that me or have them email me at uh, please don't tell anyone pod at gmail.com or you can also dm me on instagram or tiktok there's no one else running this podcast but me so if you contact me i'll get it so this interview today this was the first and only interview that i've done to my knowledge that someone has been actively under the influence while we do the interview um josh i don't know how sober josh came in but it seemed relatively sober to me and but proceeded to drink the entire interview out of a brown bag. I I genuinely don't say that as a judgment. I just think it's important to know that this wasn't a fully sober interview for the person I was interviewing. Um, And also you're going to hear the bottle and the crinkling of the bag, and there's some reference to it, so I just didn't want you to be confused. Please welcome Josh. Please don't tell anyone. I said, please don't tell anyone. I said, please don't tell anyone. I've had a crazy childhood, from parents and running away from the gunshots to wanting to run towards them. I'm an open book with nothing to hide. Father was an alcoholic, and I hate that, but now I am that. Yeah, I, I was drunk when I wrote that, to be honest Really? With you. Yeah, I was, but I wasn't lying about nothing, no. Yeah, but that sounds like you may have been drunk when you wrote that, but that is like a poem. That is well, beautifully painful. It is because um, I actually won a competition in poetry.com. Did you really? I did. Um, I'm publishing the 14th volume. It's How Old Would I Grow? Wow. Yeah. That's and, sick. Yeah. And um, as far as the alcoholism of my father, it was, um, I hated alcohol. Yeah. The day he died, I drank. Was that the first time you drank? It wasn't the first time, but it was the first time I indulged mm-hmm. and I overdid it. So, um, how old were you when your father died? I was seventeen. Seventeen. How old yeah. are you now? I'm thirty-three. Thirty-three. Still dealing with the pain. Hey, listen, that's how you numb it. Like yeah. it's. It is. How you know. So that's when I realized that everything my father was dealing with was what. Because he didn't want to be in pain. He didn't want to be in pain, so I started numbing myself. Mm-hmm. So I just drank, and I drank, and I drank, and I still drink. I'm working on it. I lost my son because of it. Really? Yeah. He's not in your life right now because of it? He's not in my life because I thought that I was going to be my father, and I figured you can't miss something that you don't know. 
So I thought I was going to die already. I came out of ICU June, July 7th. From an overdose or from... No, no, I don't do drugs besides... Um, I smoke a lot of weed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was going to actually ask if I could bring some weed. Yeah. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> but um, truth of the matter is, is I figured I was protecting them. Mm-hmm. So that... And at the same time, I'm dealing with a vicious cycle. My grandparents, my father. Yeah. It comes from both sides. Yeah. So I wanted to break that cycle with my son. So that was really all I could do is just leave him alone. Yeah. Because I knew I was going to keep drinking. And you didn't want to put him through the pain you went through. Exactly. But you also aren't fully ready yourself to not. Oh, no, I am. Oh, you are? Oh, You want to get sober? Oh, I I 100% want to. Do you have the tools to do that? Well, I just got my service dog. Oh. Yeah. Where's he? She. Her name is Mocha. I just got her. I didn't know I could bring her or guess, you know. But yeah. That's my mocha latte. So you got a service dog for being an alcoholic or for your time in the military? Well, it it has to it coincides. Okay. It's um PTSD. Let's so let's take a step back. So the first thing in your submission is you grew up running from bullets to running towards them. Yeah, well, because growing up in the Low East, all you hear is gunshots. You grew up in New York. Oh, I'm born and through raised. Through and through. I live right across the street from the water. FDR Drive. Yeah, nice. It's a pretty nice area. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's fucking rent is like five thousand. Oh, I'm sure rent's insane right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, once my father died, it was just like this is my getaway. But the military, how that happened. Um, I'm sorry, I'm sweating a little That's okay. nervous. <laughs> That's okay. But the way that happened was um, when I was 15, I did something reckless. My father was still alive. Um, Were you living with your father? I've always lived with my father. He didn't live nowhere else. He was a, he was a great dad. Mm-hmm. He was an alcoholic, but he wasn't an everyday alcoholic. He was yeah. a binge drinker. Okay. So he would go six months, nine months without drinking, but then you get... On two good weeks of him not wanting to shower. You not get the glimpses. To... Exactly. I was in the third grade one time, and mm-hmm. I found him drowning in a bowl of soup. Like his head was in the bowl of soup? He was eating soup, and I came from school to watch Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was drowning in a bowl of soup. I could laugh about it now. Yeah. But I had to save his life. And that's the most difficult part, because I don't know how to explain it to my child, that this stemmed from his grandparents and also on the other side you know like we all have flaws yeah we definitely do but um we're not we're not to blame for it yeah but also alcoholism it isn't a flaw it's trying to survive it is it's it's a struggle and no one wants the only reason it's actually struggle for me to be honest yeah is because that's the number one death of withdrawals not of overdoses yes but if I don't drink in the morning, I get the shakes. Of course. I get the sweats. Yeah. I'm, I'm sweating right now, but this is out of nervousness. It's yeah. not because of the lack of vodka, because you know. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but seriously, you know. Um, what you're saying kind of sounds like you feel like you were born into a life that was already predestined, set up for you. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I grew up. My, my two parents are immigrant parents from the Dominican Republic. And um, my father was 16 when he was found under the bridge by an Italian man. Very good Italian man. That was the only job and the last job my father had. He went from chef to the exclusive bartender. 
But then once they realized that he was drinking so much, mm -hmm. he went back to being shot. Okay. They cared about him. His procession was probably like a hundred car procession with wow. even the guys from The Sopranos because the restaurant, above, the building on top of it, the Sopranos lived there. Oh my god! It's called so they... Il Cortillo on Mulberry Street. And he was the chef there. My father was very well known there. I ended up getting the job after he died. Wow. Yeah. Was it good food? No. <laughs> I don't like cooking. I love cooking. Yeah. But not for people. I love cooking if I have guests. So, you're 15, growing up on the Lower East Side. Yeah, and that's when um they ambushed me. Who's they? My mom and my father. What they say? Um, so basically what ended up happening was, um, they took me to what was like my grandmother. She's not, she's actually my father's aunt, but mm -hmm. my father's mom died when he took his She first. was a grandmother figure for you. Oh yeah. That was my, um, sorry, I'm sweating. I don't even That's really okay. talk you about shit like I, this. I was going to put on the AC, but then that'll fuck up the sound. No, no, no. You you're just going to have to sweat this one out. I uh, know. You're just going to have to edit this shit too. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And I'm going to take a shot while we at That's it. fine. Do what you got to do. Don't tell anyone. I won't. Please don't tell anyone. Brown paper bag boy. <laughs> but no. Um, so they took me into a bathroom. Mm -hmm. And I was 15. I'm in my grandmother's figure's house. And her daughter, which is my cousin Maribel, she said, you're coming with me. I said, what the fuck are you talking about? You live in Virginia. So she's a military woman, and her husband, her husband is a like a master sergeant, an E eight. Yeah, he's already up there. So when like my father took me to the bathroom, that was the first time he ever said, "I love you." Your dad. Yeah. When he was shipping you off. Yeah. In Virginia. He said, "I love you, but I can't teach you how to be a man. So you gotta go." Why couldn't he teach you? He had too many issues. His own shit. That I didn't know and I wasn't aware of. Um, so that happened and shit. <laughs> you went to Virginia that day? I went to, with them the next day. I had no choice. So now oh, I'm shit. living in a whole fucking new state that I have no idea from. I'm from New York. Yeah. In like, Virginia, that's... It worked to my benefit though. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Till 16. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so for like six months. Basically. Yeah. Um, I met a dope ass chick, but you know, it's a little kid. Like, yeah. But I met some dope friends. But living with him taught me, you know what? If this is what he does and he lives like this, I want to join the military. Yeah. So I figured I joined the military. I knew how to make the bed already. Even so did you get discipline from them? Oh, that's what my father sent me for there. Yeah, it was the structure that because they were. Because my father worked about 70 hours a week, so he was never there to discipline me. And he can't discipline me over something he doesn't know what I'm doing if my mom is sitting there playing two sides. Yeah, but you went, that is so black and white though, how you went from no discipline, so what they call permissive parenting, where it's just kind of hands off, right? That's why I was here on time. I, I got this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to then, I'm blanking on the term, but it's like the most intense regiment. I mean, yeah. those are that's an extreme. There was no middle. There was no, like, hey, you're grounded. I love you. I, I didn't know what was going on fully. I knew my father was an alcoholic. Yeah. I knew that my mom would play two sides because when he was not drinking, he would literally ask, like, 
don't go out. Like, what are you doing? So I would have to lie. Yeah. So there was one day, funny story, that she asked me to lie. I'm in my uncle's car, her, her, her brothers. Yeah. And he thought I was on drugs. I was 14 years old. I just, no, 15. I just smoked a fat ass blunt with my cousin. And he started saying that I was like on drugs, drugs. I'm like, I don't even know what that shit is. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even though I do. But you yeah. Know but yeah, you're going to say you don't. But yeah, but I wasn't. So he dropped us off. I put my finger in my mouth and I threw all, all over his whip. And I said, you clean that motherfucker. And I just walked home, went to my father and told dude straight up. She goes... What was you doing? I was like, I was in my aunt's house. This person was there. This person was there. This person was here. Mommy, you got to handle that now. I ain't lying for you no more. Please don't tell no one. I told him. Yeah, you like you can't harbor other people's shit. I'm it's not, toxic. It'll I'm eat not, you up. I refuse to do it at this point in my life. That's what I was going to say, at this point in your life. Yeah, so, it took a lot of time. So you're 16, 17. You're in Virginia. 17, I was forced to come back. Well, wait, when do you enlist? Before 17 or? I enlisted the day of my, I, I, I'll, I'll explain yeah, yeah, that please. shit. So basically what ended up happening was um, I had to come back because my father became a really, really bad alcoholic. I was his father figure. I didn't have a childhood. That's why I feel like I was robbed of my childhood. A parentified child. Yeah. You know, and then I got a cover of my mother. Then, you know, all of that shit fucked with my mind. It fucked with my mental. Yeah. It did. It did. I can't keep using that excuses, but it did. You know, my older brother, he's not the child of my father. We all know that. He knows that. That was way before him, so it's fine. He called me one day when I came back from the military to tell me that my father's foaming at the... From the mouth. mouth, yeah. Right in front of the elevator, he says, "Come get him." I'm on East Fourth Street. I live all the way downtown. If you walk slowly, that's a 25 minute walk. I got there in four minutes. Do you sprint? I, oh, I ran. I, I used to run track in Virginia. Like I was a track star. I'm actually on the record books in Massaponics. Massaponics High School. Yeah, Massaponics Panthers. A track star, a poet, an army vet. I mean... You got it all. Nah, I don't have shit. That's, That's the worst part about it. Because of all of this drama that my life has caused, it just makes me be in a room like this without these lights. Mm. I just want to be everything blackened out. Depression's fucked up. Anxiety. Going on the train to come over here fucked my mental. Really? Oh, it sure did. Are you in therapy? This is therapy. <laughs> yeah, but with a trained professional. I am, but I cancel a lot okay. because I want to be in the dark. Well, at least you're self-aware about it. Oh, I definitely am. I don't have nothing to hide, you know. So coming back, that happened. And um, I did everything for my father to make sure that he was sober when they shipped me back from Virginia to New York. I, I really did to the point where I almost knocked out one of my like best friends because he didn't know who my father was. Nobody knew who my father was, even though he lived in that building for so many years. Because mm. all he did was come home, go to work. He was never with me. Yeah. So it was it was difficult. And um, damn, I miss that guy. Your but, dad? 
Yeah, but only because the truth is, is that you learn a lot more when you get older. And the reason I say that is because I was under the belief that my uncle killed my father. So who put you under that belief? A few people. Yeah. Um, and it, it sounded legit, and the paperwork looked legit, but what was the truth? Well, I don't know. Either way, he was gonna die to his own demise. Like it yeah. was gonna happen. But was he murdered? Well. The way I specify murder is if the man is sober, because I kept him sober for nine months, and he goes to the Dominican Republic to make a business deal with the uncle, mm -hmm. and a drink is poured in his regular juice, you want him to be drunk. So you made him relapse. Yeah. So that's the way I looked at it. But truth of the matter, it was going to happen anyway. Yeah. And that was his best friend. Are you in touch with that guy? I was looking for that guy for a minute. I actually got sent to rehab because of it. Because I went to the restaurant. Because he, he... Okay, so my father, when he came... He was 16. He brought all of his brothers and sisters to the country. Mm -hmm. Just working that fucking job at an Italian restaurant. He brought them all over here. So they all got jobs at the same place. So I went to my uncle. He looked at me and I was drunk as shit. Still dealing with it. Still battling he said, come upstairs. Because, you know, it has many different levels. I told you, it's ill court too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so on the top level, what I did was I just pulled the gun out, put it on the table. And I said, where's your brother? Confronted him. Where's your brother? His brother, yeah. which is my uncle's yeah. brother. Yeah. And that's basically the way it went down. And next thing you know, my my grandma, basically, the one that raised my father, mm -hmm. she pulled up <laughs> very next day. She's always popping up. <laughs> she, she's the only one that can control me. Yeah. My mom can't. My father can't, obviously. Mm -hmm. My uncles. I, I, I dealt with like 13 years of hating my whole family. I just got reunited with them, believe it or not. That's the crazy part. But um, it was grimy because it was like, why would you not tell me anything? You have me believing all this, and you're making me more of a drunk, making me think that... It's crazy making. Yeah. yeah. It's like you're making me think that my uncle did it, but he didn't. You know, and I finally realized that. Yeah. I don't know when I realized it, because it took years. I had to put one together, two together, three... Just, it was like a fucking Rubik's Cube. Yeah, it's a mind game. It was a Rubik's Cube. You can never figure it out. You can't imagine. But I came to the conclusion that... There ain't no space for hating my motherfucking heart. I got enough of my own problems that I'm dealing with now because of what happened then. Yep. This shit sucks. But, I told you, I got my service dog. You got your service dog. She, uh, so she's at home right now? Yeah, actually, I also, you know, it was very weird because I was not trying to meet no woman. And um, her name is Christina, by the Your way. Your girlfriend? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I dig her like crazy. Like, how, how long have you been together? Uh, I could tell you the exact moment, the exact time. Tell me. August 25th at 9.42 p.m. 2021? This past year? Mm-hmm. Okay. We was at clockwork. But I wasn't going. I was literally, um, I was sober for, because I came out the hospital, remember July 7th. Mm -hmm. So I didn't drink from June 3rd to July 7th. 
So what was that month like for you? It was the worst. Oh, it was the worst. I lost all bodily functions. I couldn't talk. I couldn't feed myself. I couldn't walk. Really? But That's why... how I got alcoholic neuropathy, peripheral neuropathy, and C. colas. When you were in treatment, though, those symptoms... Like, I would think when you go to treatment, you have that period of having all that. But then by the time you get out, they should send you out stable, no? Well, I was stable when I came out. Yeah. But the symptoms are always going to be there. Got it. They they corrected the C. diff, colos. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know these words that doctors be making either, up. But... They should be like your stomach <laughs> is fucked. You know, but... um. I was there from June 3rd to July 7th, and um, it doesn't feel good when somebody cleaning your own ass yeah. or feeding you, because I did that my whole life by myself. Yeah. I had to feed my dad. Yeah. So that's not cool at all. But I don't care anymore, and that's the so, problem. So how'd you meet her, though? How did I meet her? All right. Because yeah. you care about her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went... I saw my ex-girlfriend, I'm not going to lie to and I stopped her, and I I wasn't trying to do anything with her. I literally told her, look, I don't want to drink, I just need a motherfucking hug. That's real. She said, I'm sorry, I have to go to work. I said, no problem. I bumped into a cousin, Mm -hmm. and he said that he was going to go to Clockwork, a bar. And that's where this beautiful woman, this beautiful species was at. So you went to a bar sober? Super sober, like for months. Were you planning to drink going to clockwork? No, I was looking for a hug. I know you were looking for a hug. That's all I was looking for, not liquor. Even though probably subconsciously, I probably was. Well, because usually someone, when they're looking for a hug, the bar isn't the first place they go. Yeah, but I was going with my cousin. I'm using that to my defense. Yes. You got to do what you got to do, man. But no, no, seriously, because I told him I didn't want to go. Yeah. And he's like, yo, I'm just going to go stop by and we're going to come back. I'm like, okay. Was she working at Clockwork? No, she was drinking at Clockwork. And did you approach her? Uh, No, no, actually, no. Me and her still arguing about this. She still owes me a whiskey shot and a beer. Mm -hmm. Because she went around asking everybody if she wants whiskey shots and beers. And I still didn't get it to this day. But she bought bottles after that. Yeah. But yeah, that that was it. And there was this one kid that I did not know. And that's what I hate about the Lonely East Side. Because yeah. he kind of like want, like wanted her. And he ordered drinks. And he said, put it on his tab. To you? Yeah. The and fuck? I, I looked at him. I said, nigga, you don't know. Yeah, what? What the fuck is wrong with you? He goes, yo, my fault, bro. My fault, my fault. I'm like, yo, bro, don't you ever do that again. You don't even know. I'm not drinking right here, right? Don't do that. So that's how that went down. And I just grabbed her hand and I dragged it to my house. And that's <laughs> the start of our relationship. So you're in a relationship with her? Yeah. Do you love her? Yes, I do. Do you want more? Like, are you a guy who wants to get married one day? Do you want kids? Um, well, you already have a son. Well, no, no, no. Look. <laughs> that's a... D- Damn, you put me on the spot. <laughs> if I've always lived by the rule, the same way my father did, that if that's the woman you love and she needs that paper for you to be married, mm-hmm. just do it. But I don't need a government to tell me I'm with you. I don't... that we are married. Like, yeah. I know we are together. Like, yeah. It's kind of stupid. But you're monogamous with her. Oh, yes, definitely. Okay. I, I don't cheat. 
I'm too lazy. I'm <laughs> too much shit going on. Exactly. Like, she'd be telling me, what do you think about this, 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 this? Like, and that's the difficult part of our relationship. What, um, how, where does she fall into the alcoholism? How does she feel about you going through the, all this? She's been very supportive and trying to get me to... She wants you to be sober? Yes, she does. She does. Um, you know how to get sober. Yeah, it's, it's just, not... I, I just, and that's the argument that I have with Stina. Yeah. That's her nickname, yeah. Stina. It's, um, I can't go a day without. You don't want to feel. No, no, no. It's pain. not that. It's because of the withdrawals. It's that. That's what I mean. The withdrawal pain. Yeah. Well, Forget the pain. It, it's of not, not pain. Drinking. It's the embarrassment. Alcohol withdrawals are different from dope withdrawals. From what I've seen from being in rehab. Yeah. In rehab, you see the dope addicts, they're shivering and doing this, and they think they're going to die because their bones hurt. No. Ours is the worst withdrawal. We shake because our body does, it needs it. Mm -hmm. It actually needs it. We physically need it. So I try to go down from two bottles to one to half. Yeah. Eventually, there's going to be one day where you just fuck up. You're going to fuck up. And then when you wake up, you wake up drunk. And then you need it more. And then you need it more. Well, that's addiction. That's the cycle of it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I smoke weed every day. I'm not addicted to weed. Yeah, well, weed's a different ballgame. I know. I know. I'm trying to microdose with acid. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's doing mushrooms right now. Like, I'm doing mushrooms. Yeah. Um... It's so interesting, though, because you you know the tools. Yeah. You could get sober, you know, mm-hmm. objectively on paper, right? Like, you know, you could go to AA, you could do the 12 steps, you could do... what? What's that face? Well, I completely understand that. And yeah. the reason that um, I failed that day, August 25th, mm-hmm. is because of fucking quarantine. It was online, webcam, Zoom, AA meetings. Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. I need to sit next to you. I need to see your body language. Well, now that everything's in person. Well, yeah, well now it is, but yeah. I ain't start that up yet. But yeah. back then, that's what You're waiting for the right day to get sober? Nah, I'm actually trying to do it quick. Really? Yeah, I, I don't feel like I have too much longer. So I'm trying to, you know, this is about my life. Yeah. You know? It really is. And I don't want my son to see a failure. You're a, you're a, I tell you, I hope you take this the wrong way. You're a funny alcoholic to me because a lot of, <laughs> a lot of alcoholics don't want to get sober. You know, the alcoholics in my life would justify their addiction my whole life. And you're sitting here basically saying, I don't want this. I, I don't want to be dealing with this. But the effect of the withdrawal is too much. To physically handle. That's that's the worst part because I've caught seizures from yeah. not, from not drinking. So what? I was found in the FDR because I cracked my head. If you look well, at the scar, I was going to ask. When was I got that? stabbed in my forehead too. Well, that's a whole other story. Man, that, you know, yeah. I'm telling you, I got stories. But um, <laughs> it was seizures. Um, I don't fully remember, but I know that I lost my son August twelfth, mm-hmm. two thousand sixteen. I went into rehab August 12th, mm-hmm. 2016, as soon as I signed papers that I wasn't supposed to sign. I mm-hmm. didn't read them fully. 
And it kind of fucked me up. But when you go to rehab, you have to go through withdrawal because you can't drink, drink in rehab, right? Well, they put you in detox They first. put you in detox. Yes, yeah. So they give you certain medicine yes. so you could deal with the shakes. But usually an alcoholic's time in there is three days. In detox? Yeah. Yes. Mine's just five to seven. Okay. From alcohol. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Because so I'm you, a serious alcoholic. You do your five to seven and then are the symptoms gone? The symptoms are gone, but the mind state is always still the same. They, that's one thing that they don't work on in detox. But that's what the AA is for. No, that's what the rehab that's is what the for. Rehab's for. So detox, rehab, maybe yeah. an in-house rehab yeah. too, six months, nine months. Because I did it in Samaritan Village for the Veterans Center in Queens, Jamaica. Yeah. I was doing the greatest. I was doing the greatest. Okay. I um, ended up talking back to um, my son's mother to get mm. permission to see my son. And I was like six months sober. Like That's I, huge. For me, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sitting there doing that, and um, she tells me he has a baseball game coming up. My, my, my son plays internet, like uh, travel league baseball. He plays with like 14-year-olds. That's sick, yeah. Apparently. I, I don't really know anymore. That's I'm just going by what I was told. So you're thriving in rehab, 2016. Yeah, and nobody wanted to take me. To the baseball game. To my son's baseball game. Mm. My dude. Yeah. Which name shall now be mentioned. He knows who he is. Very fair. He was the one that stood up and said, um, he'll take me. And my son, I called my son, I said, because I had to give up two weekends to just go to this game. Mm-hmm. My son said, Daddy, I'm going to hit a home run for you. That day, my son hit a home run. No way. And the crazy part you go about to the game? it, I was there because he took me. He escorted me. I needed an escort. Crazy part, it goes back to when I was 13 years old in the Lower East Side. Mm-hmm. My father never came to see me play baseball, even though he forced me to. I saw my father in the stands one time. Mm. Strike one, strike two. Next thing you know, I hit a home run because I was so proud that my dad was there. So it was like one of those moments that just yeah, collided. So like circle. It was just crazy. So, so, but what happens there, this is like the pinnacle. This is like you're sober, you're with an escort, you're at the baseball game. I just needed a fucking friend. Yeah. That, that's really what it comes down to. Um, I realized that when you drink a lot... <clears throat> And you obviously you're gonna surround yourself around drinking buddies. Mm-hmm. Once you get sober, the fuck they need you for. Well, that's why you get sober buddies. You get Shirley Temples. You well, all hang out. Well, duh. Yeah. But that's not the way life works. It's like that's where depression hits. It's like I thought that was my friend. Yeah. I thought that was my sis. I yeah. thought that was my bro. You know. And then it's just like they're just using me at this point. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it's okay because I'm learning as I go. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So is that, when you think about like a sober time that worked for you, is that kind of like an image that you want to get back to? Was that six months period that you had? Oh, no, no. The longest I've been sober was mm-hmm. 10 months. Mm. Yeah. I've been in rehab like... So you've done it. You many, know you many can do it. The last time I went to rehab, I'm going to tell you the truth. The, yeah. the, the, the counselor got mad at me. Yeah. Because I was answering every single question and answering it better than him because I've been through it. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You're a really smart guy. I went to rehab as soon as my father died. Because When was that? 
When I was 17. 17, yeah, you said it. Uh, I came out uh, June 25th or some mm-hmm. shit like that, right before my birthday, and then I just did. So right now... I've been through like at least six rehabs. Do you want to go back? Hell no. <laughs> I, I, refuse. I only say that because <clears throat> no, that's I'm, how you've gotten sober, right? And well, no, no, no. My thing is this. <clears throat> it's just a safe environment. I have already know everything that they know. Yes. Like, I do. That's what I mean. You have all the tools. The only thing I need is a detox, in my opinion. Uh-huh. And I hope that's true. Yeah. Because I need it medically supervised. Yes, I agree. So that I don't catch a seizure. Yeah, you bang can die. my head totally. again. I don't want that. So where do you go for just a detox? Well, I was born in Bellevue. I go to Bellevue. Yeah, nice. Beth Israel. But I'm running out of options because I've been to too many. <laughs> yeah, but you could go back to the same one. But yeah, no. They're not going to deny money. That's what they do, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but all right, I like that plan for you. One day, you're going to wake up, you're going to decide to get sober again. You're going to go to Bellevue or somewhere, maybe across the street. But I'm going to move. You're going to move out of New York? Oh, hell yeah. Where? I don't know. My boy offered me um, a whole apartment in Connecticut. Okay. I'm thinking about it. My girl wants to move to... Nice. You got the dog? I got the dog. I'm living in a private building. And you start a new life. You make new friends. And that's where I thrive. Yeah. Like, when I was living in Virginia, I was perfect. Yeah. Track star, baseball, Mm -hmm. everything. Every time I come over here, here, it's Mm -hmm. like all the negativity. I don't blame you, though, man. I mean, this is where all your trauma was. You're literally having to relive the same streets, the same buildings, everything. And seeing the same people in the the same same corner every day. why would it be different? Truthfully, like, get, honestly, give yourself a break on that front because that just makes sense. No, it does. But you have to plan for things like this because I can't move to Connecticut without a vehicle. No. You know? I want this Connecticut move, but I want you to do it sober. I, I need to do it sober because yeah. if I don't, it's going to go to shit anyway. Yeah. You know? It already happened to me when, you know, I lived in the Poconos. All right, so did you do well when you were in the Poconos? Oh, I did great. So you know if you get out of here, you can thrive. I did so good that I took a car to the strip club, <laughs> and I came back home with all the strippers. That is the pinnacle of greatness. <laughs> I don't think so. I think that's the <laughs> pinnacle of stupidness. I didn't do nothing with them. I kicked them all out. Yeah. But I did have a stripper pole in my master bedroom. Yeah. It was pretty dope. That's pretty dope. But, I mean, I'm 23 years old. Yeah. That's what you expect from a 23-year-old. Totally. 33, this shit don't work no more. Wait, so uh, let's talk about the military now. Uh, I, got, I told you, I got kicked out. You didn't like that? When, I, when did you enlist? 18? Uh, 18, 2007, right the same year my father died. Okay. Because he would not allow... I asked him before he passed away, because I was getting my GED. Yeah. If you get your GED and you're 17 and your parent allows you to do it, yeah. they have to sign for you. I said they're giving me a $20,000 bonus. Mm. He went to his room. He grabbed $20,000. And he said, what's your excuse now? Go to college. I said, I want to do this on my own. Why? Why'd you want to do it? I don't want no handouts. I was taking care of you. You're not going to try and take care yeah. of me now. You don't get to show up at yeah. when I'm 18. No. And then, remember, I had that whole discipline from Virginia, yeah. from the military people. And I said, that, that looks like a good life. Yeah. You know? So that's basically what that was. So I know nothing about the military. I know nothing about enlisting. How does that... 
you just show up and they're like, okay, get ready to go. Here's a gun. No, 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 no. It's a process. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely a process. People think it's easy. Yeah. <clears throat> I went to Chambers. They had the Air Force, the Marines, the Navy, and the Army there. Mm -hmm. The Navy said, you can't join unless mm -hmm. you have a high school diploma. I was getting my GED. The Air Force said the same. Those are the two easiest branches to join. Yeah. It's seamen, mm -hmm. if you get what I'm saying, yeah. the Navy. Yeah. And the Air Force, like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but the Marines, I was like, I could be a Marine. Yeah, that's a cool one. But so, I went yeah. to the Army office first. They offered me $20,000 just to enlist. So then I go to the Marines office because they will accept me with a GD. And they said, what you get out of this is a brotherhood. I said, well, fuck that. I'm going to get my 20 Gs. <laughs> so I joined the Army. And anyway, it felt more realistic for me because of who was raising me in Virginia. Yeah, of course. So, so, you, so you joined. But then you sign your paperwork and then you go through a process called MEPS where you got to do a little duck walk and shit like that you gotta learn and... how to be in the army no 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 oh. this is your physical test like they're oh. searching your body like where did this scar come from where did this scar come from like to see if you're medically fit clear. for it then you have your fake oath mm -hmm. people don't know about that shit what's so, that fake oath i don't fucking know but they made okay. me do my oath twice like for what yeah it was one <laughs> fake one and then the one right before they ship you off they put me in a hotel room the night of my actual oath and my shipment. Mm -hmm. So I'm in a hotel room. And that whole hotel room is nothing but people that are joining the military. <laughs> so we're like, this is our last hurrah. You guys go nuts. We found out that there was a liquor store, like, not too far. Yeah. We, we're not supposed to do that, but they already drug tested us. So we're like, Let's why get not? Up. Yeah. So we got super smashed. Continental breakfast. Mm -hmm. Jump in the ship. Jump on the plane, and next thing you know, I'm in South Carolina in Columbus. Okay. That's the way it works. They definitely check you out because they don't want to be liable for nothing. I've gotten three surgeries, still not getting paid from the military. Mm. Did you actively <clears throat> serve? Like, I was active duty. Oh, you we were deployed. I was active. Where did you go? I ain't going nowhere. I went to Virginia, South Carolina. I ain't deployed. Oh, you... I See, I don't know these terms. So All you're right. going to have to explain this to me. All right. So, basically, um, I was an 88 hotel, mm -hmm. which is a cargo specialist. So, I was the guy that operated cranes and winches and forklifts and things of that nature. So, I'd be on a boat. I'd pick up a plane, a Humvee. I'd... Put it down. The other people will rig it. That's what I would do. Okay. So the bullets, they in there, they get shipped out. Yeah. That was my job. So I wasn't there per se. I wasn't there at all. Yeah. But I was meant to send them the stuff. But because I got kicked out. Yeah, why, how do I was you supposed to that? be there. I was supposed to be there. And three of my team, like... Three of the people in my unit died. Who Jason, were shipped out. Yeah. That were there. I got kicked out literally right three you... days before we were supposed to deploy. Where were you supposed to go? Uh, Anac Camp Anaconda, Kuwait. Oof. And um, that was when the time where um, IEDs were the worst. Mm. People the... were like losing their legs and arms and that, That's basically what happened. So I was... People would be grateful... 
be very grateful that I wasn't there. I don't believe that. I feel really disgusted that I wasn't there to help them out. All because of smoking weed and a stolen vehicle that I didn't take. Is that that's how you got kicked out? I can explain that one if you want. Yeah. So I can feel your frustration around yeah, that. Oh, that shit pisses me I'm off sure. because this was my fucking dream. Uh, I was you wanted Call to of, go? Uh, hell yeah. You wanted to go fight? Yes. Are you like a country guy? Like you're like, yay America. I don't know, but I went to PS142. <laughs> well, PS140, my yeah. fault. I, I threw that too for no reason. That's okay. PS140. Yeah. We had a... Like, some kid knocked on our door. I was in Ms. Wire's class. Yo, something hit the Twin Towers. Oh, shit. 2001. So now all the kids from this classroom run to that classroom because that's where the Twin Towers is at. And then we seen the second plane visually. And then we seen things that look like paper. But the camera club or whatever club, photography club, whatever they were doing... They zoomed in. It was fucking bodies dropping. So, yeah. I felt like this is too close to home. I don't give a fuck about America per se. Because I think this government is fucked up. But I do believe that I didn't have a direction. And that was the direction I should go. So, I really lived by it. And I'll still die by it. Like, if they'll take me back today, I'll go. Wow. Send me over there. That is very intense. Yeah. We thought it was papers flying out the fucking thing, and it was people dropping. And you were a kid watching that. Oh, yeah. I was in, in New York. I, I was in the seventh grade. I mean, I know that there are millions of stories <laughs> like that. <laughs> I'm making funny for you so that don't be so no, deep. No, I, I... We I, lost power I, in my house, and um, for about two months, we still seen the smoke because I had to... I still I still have the view. I have the view of the Empire State Building mm-hmm. one window and the view of the Freedom Tower now. Mm-hmm. But during that time, it was the Twin Towers, and you still see the smoke for like two months. It, it was devastating. So I'm like, you know what? This is getting too close to home. If I could do anything about it, I'm going to do it. Like, no hands, no, like, no hose bar. Like, I'm doing it. So wh- how would we, why did weed prevent you from going? What do you mean? Well, that's a dumb question. Of course, mm-hmm. weed prevents you from going. But it's just like, I guess now in 2022, hearing weed, I'm oh, like, oh. what? That's so No, 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 no. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. That this is the second part yeah. of okay. that story. So, they gave me a drug test. I wasn't smoking. I passed. So, I'm like, I'm a pilot. Okay. <laughs> they tested me. Everybody says it's every three months. There's only one blunt. Hmm. So, I smoke. That same day they test me. What happens? I smoke that blunt. I get a bang on the door for something in the morning. They line us up, random people, and um, they called my name to take another piss test after I did it the day yesterday and I just no smoked. Way. No, I swear to you. Do you think someone like snitched on you or? Well, um, I nobody could have snitched on me because I smoked by myself. That's so weird. But somebody in that building was smoking in in the barracks. Somebody uh, was. 
So they were like, you know what? We're going to act like we're going to sit there and test you individually. But they thought it was me. Because they called me New York. That, that was like, yo, your name is your name. Mm-hmm. My name That's Josh. how they call you. Mm-hmm. They don't call you Josh. They call you by social security number or your last name. Yeah. They thought it was me. Because my name was New York. I was the one. What about the car? <clears throat> so, when you get an Article 15, you got to do 45 days. Mm-hmm. Extra duty. What is an Article 15? Chapter 15, it's basically you're being disciplined. Okay. So, um, what happens is you got to do 45 days extra duty and 45 days without leaving the base. So, the very last day when I was done and I knew I was done. You were about to go overseas. No, I was high. No, it takes a while to get discharged. Oh, okay. So, my boy comes to me, right? And um, he goes, yo, I got a whip. Because I had to sell my vehicle because they strip you from your rank. And they take your pay for them 45 days. I couldn't do nothing. So, I had to sell my car. I didn't have a choice. So he comes up to me the day I'm released and he goes, yo, I got a vehicle. I got a vehicle. I'm like, okay. I said, I'm going to get somebody that doesn't drink. And I called Jamaica. That was my boy Jamaica. He he Jamaican and yeah, that's my dude. And um, he was a driver. Come to find out, we returned at 4 o'clock, like 4.30 in the morning to the base. Mm-hmm. The MPs, they had their guns up, said, put your hands out, put your hands in the air. He stole the car. Who, Jamaica? No. Or the other guy? The other guy. I won't say his Who name. Who did he steal the car from? His friend. But it wasn't really like a stolen It was more he like... He didn't ask and he took I, it. No, 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 no. He gave it to him. Oh. But the dude told him to make sure, because my wife is coming to base, to make sure you have it there by the time she gets home. So the wife was the one that called it stolen. Yeah. It was supposed to be returned at nine thirty. We didn't leave till ten. Yeah. So So you got fucked. Basically and they Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> I could laugh about it now. I don't care. Yeah, but you have a lot of frustration over that it prevented you from going overseas. It's not about going overseas. It's more about that's a career that I want. Mm-hmm. This is my life. Like I've always planned on that. I wanted to be a cop until I got beat by the cops. And you can look it up. I could give you the names. It'll show you. There's a video of you getting beat up by the cops. <laughs> Listen, that's when we had razor phones. Ain't no videos, <laughs> but the, <laughs> the names are there. Yeah. It was at the, the, the Church of Pompeii, November 17th. This is right before my father died. They cracked my skull, gave me 10 staples. Why? Here, why don't you fill this? That ass. Yeah. That's the permanent protection of a oh baton. God. Oh my god. That's the baton. Why? Why did they do that? Because I picked up my boy's cell phone. It was a rumble. I was 17. We was young. We was dumb. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm on workers' comp right now because of all the concussions yeah. from Amazon. I work at Amazon. Oh. Yeah. I had no choice. I'm, I'm actually an electrician. 
The Amazon commercials make it seem like it's a really good place to work. It is not. They make it seem like... And you, you can... better say my name and <laughs> say that I say that. No, it is not. And do not join. He don't give a fuck about his workers. He's not there. He's just... He got fucking henchmen to do all his dirty work. And he's a billionaire. Like, yeah. come on. It was an ice machine that was broken. That's how I caught this concussion. Because I slipped on ice. If you're a billionaire, you should have good ice machines. Do you have a message for Jeff Bezos? Jeff Bezos could suck my dick. <laughs> and I forgot what your name is from Mr. Tesla, but you... T Elon Musk? You could suck my dick, too. Your stocks went down, bitch ass. Yeah. They I'm did. sorry, I'm getting no, the, very animated now. No, 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 the stocks will go back up, though. I'm I, well, I know, I do know. You, did you buy into Tesla? I also bought into Tesla. Yeah. I'm with you right now, don't All worry. Right, we'll get cool. through it together. Fine. <laughs> I don't, I don't do too much, you know. Um, okay, the last, I'll ask you, well, first of all, is there anything else you want to talk about that we haven't touched on? I would. Yeah. Um, when my father was going through everything, and um, I was there, my older brother, the one that I mentioned, mm -hmm. Randy Luna, um, he's the assistant director to the Abrids Art Center, and he did an initiative for kids. Um, to get free art classes, dance classes. Um, Amazing. It's Henry Shee Settlement. I don't know if you know about No, it. I don't, but that's amazing. You know, I love the art. Um, yeah, maybe you can see the video after. And um, all he wants to do is give back to the community. Like, usually on Thanksgiving, we haven't done it in a long time, but we'll go to, like, a cook thing and, like, feed the homeless. We send our clothes to the Dominican Republic that we don't use anymore. We're... Just trying to help the kids. Like, my initiative, honestly, is to work with juvenile delinquents. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Um, for kids that didn't have a chance. Like, with their parents that are drug addicts or alcoholics or just fucking abusive. Yeah. You know, like, just to know that they have a chance. I didn't think I had a chance when I was 15. I'm 33. Still not better. Still going to therapy, still doing everything. But I believe that this, this this is disgusting what's going on in this world. It really is. You have so much love in your heart. Not yeah. everything you have said of of what you want out of life, you want it all from a great place of love. That's the only place I know. Yeah. Uh, you have so many inner demons. Like, you're like, fuck everyone else at this point. You got to... I have Love no yourself. choice, like I yeah. said. Um, either you're going to drag me down or I'm going to leave you behind. And yeah. I refuse to you dragging me down. Like, I'm going to leave you behind. Yeah. Um, I. That's all I want. I just want the world to be a better place, to be honest with yeah. you. Dead ass. You know? It, well, it, it sounds like, going back to what you were just saying, the organization you were talking about, you're you're doing your part in that. What What's the name of it? So that... Um, to be honest with you, it's my brother's. Okay. It has but nothing to... You seem passionate about it. I seem passionate about anything my brother does. Okay. Because my older brother was like my father while my father was doing the show Got he it. did. Even though he would say, that's your father, come get him. That's understandable. Mm -hmm. I'm a reasonable guy. Like, yeah, it is my pops. You know, but, he, you know, he's a great man. A uh, very great man, and it's um, a part of the Abrams uh, Abrams Art Center and Henry Street Settlement. Okay, 
if anybody needs Wants to, to look know. It up. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And you could put up the initiative. Um, he's offering free classes for the kids, art, piano, drums, dancing, ballet. That's amazing. Just to get the kids out the hood. And he's doing that. And Do you, I, is the Lower East Side the hood? Depends on, yeah, the Lower East Side is kind of hood. Well, I'm asking, I like. Like, people tell me all the time, yo, you from the hood. I, I, I be laughing. I'm like, I know. But I live in a private building. <laughs> Big difference. I got a doorman. You know? Not that that makes me better, because it doesn't make you better. No. It's the perception of it. And that shit pisses me off. I live in Chinatown, basically. Like, even them, they don't. Hold the door open for me. It's like we're all against each other. Yeah. When is the fucking community going to come together? But please, don't tell anyone this. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, I'm going to ask you my last question. Go ahead. Which I ask everyone. Okay. What is your go-to restaurant in New York? Go-to food. You can <clears> be the least expensive, most expensive. What's your favorite spot? Someone's coming to New York. They want to grab a bite. All right, bye, look. I'm a scumbag. That's fine. Sometimes. But you like food. Scumbags like food, so. Well, I'm skinny as fuck, so obviously maybe not. <laughs> but no, no, no. I do have a spot. And um, I take all of my first dates to this spot. Okay. I didn't take Stina there, though. Mm, that's mm. probably a good sign. That is. That's the greatest sign. Yeah. That, that, Stina, I love you. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, it would have to be C. What's it called? C. C. S E A. S E A. Where yeah. is it? Uh, I believe it's North Fifth Street in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Oh, it's in Brooklyn. Yeah, it's Thai food. You go over to Brooklyn to take your first dates? I mean, it's close. No, I know, but I, I was thinking you were going to pick a place on the Lower East Side right near you that you go into all the time. I mean, if I live here, why would I want to be here? That's true. Yeah. Let's okay, leave. C, Brooklyn. S-E-A. Is it seafood? C it's Thai food. Thai food. You just said that. What's your go-to meal there? What should someone get? Oh, you got to get that pad fried rice. Like, that shit is... Uh, everything good. Yeah, like, but I'm just saying specific no, meal. I, I can't tell you because every time I go with a new date... Yeah, you got something different. I get something different. So, they're all good. You got to take Christina there now. She don't want to go no more. Yeah, and I don't blame her. Like, yeah, I don't you know? blame her either. But That's why I will never take her, but I'm going to go with her. Just not on the first day. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and follow the podcast wherever it is you listen to it so that we can bring you more unexpected stories by ordinary people. And if you didn't like the episode, forget what I just said and just please don't tell anyone.